0: This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello, and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Daniel Cohen, a PhD chemical biologist working at a small biotech startup. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. I think this is probably a good moment for us to turn our attention back to a smaller-scale problem that we (laughs) have an actual chance of addressing in in the time allotted. The subject is running scared. I have a sleeping over problem. I have ADHD and insomnia, and I like to have constant activities to keep my mind entertained and distracted, or else I get bad anxiety. So when I sleep with a guy, I want to leave straight after sex. The date is fun, the romance is entertaining, but lying next to a near stranger asleep while I'm awake all night like a vampire is torture. It seems to hurt people's feelings that I don't want to stay the night, even when I make up a silly excuse like, I've got work in the morning. Is that silly? We'll come back to that. Uh, I don't think so. I want to find a partner, and I feel like this is preventing me from making a close connection with someone. To them, it feels like rejection. But I can't really tell them that I have anxiety on a first or second date because that would kill the mood. What do I do?
1: I disagree with this question. I, I, I also
0: hope, I mean, in like a positive way, I think this letter yes. writer is being too hard on themselves.
1: Absolutely. I think you can bring up that you have anxiety on a first or second date.
0: Yeah, you don't have to, letter writer, if it feels excessively intimate or vulnerable to share with someone that you're only just getting to know. I can certainly appreciate that there are situations where sex feels like relatively unfraught and fun, but the idea of like a deeper conversation about your sort of like, you know, various diagnoses or mental health sort of cluster issues uh, does not feel welcome or easy. And in those situations, that seems like a perfectly reasonable choice to make. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if I'm reading between the lines, I I don't, I hope the letter writer doesn't think I have work in the morning is silly because that's not silly. You really do. And like, It's nice to be able to get ready for work like with your in your own home with your own stuff. Um, But I I wonder if maybe the letter writer is is saying part of me feels like that's a little bit of a line or because I know that's not the primary reason I feel sort of like inauthentic when I say it. And then that makes me feel like a jerk. So then I don't follow up or something. Um, I, I really think the best kind of middle road here would then just be to say to people like fairly up front um i usually don't do sleepovers until it's a little further on in a relationship Mm -hmm. or i Mm -hmm. don't like to do sleepovers you know the first few dates that's again that's i mean i'm sure you could deliver that in a mean way or in a way that was like don't try to get too close to me babe i'm a (laughs) cowboy but like if you heard that from someone on a first date assuming otherwise the date was a lot of fun and was going well would you necessarily interpret that as like Somebody trying to reject you in advance?
1: No, I don't think so at all. I mean, I think that that is, you know, everybody does things differently. And if you don't want to sleep over, you don't want to sleep over. I think that that is not that uncommon. It's not like someone will say, I've never heard of that before. And, you know... I also don't want to to make it sound like you have to um, bring up all of your mental health diagnoses and, and get very vulnerable about that. But I think that if that's something that you would feel comfortable saying, just say it makes me feel anxious or just uncomfortable to spend the night on uh, after a first date, like that's something that you are allowed to do if that makes sense for you and your life.
0: Yeah, I do think, you know, again, there are always outliers and there may be some people who would be a little bit put off, but. I do think just in terms of like how many people of, you know, my generation, at least sometimes Mm -hmm. discuss uh, anxiety or uh, sleeplessness. Like, I I feel like people people are at least aware of insomnia. And I think if you didn't want to go into the sort of like anxious or ADHD elements, again, fine. But to say something like, I have insomnia. I have a pretty regimented sleep routine. It is not easy for me to spend the night with somebody else. And that's why I like to hold off on spending the night for, you know, the first part of a relationship. Especially if you say that before the question of sex comes up Mm -hmm. later on in the date, Mm -hmm. um, it will go a long way towards making you feel less like a like sleazy guy in a movie who's like, sorry, babe,
1: I've yeah, I gotta problem. go. Yeah.
0: Like you, it won't feel like you're just bringing it up like in the moment and you won't feel, I think, as self-conscious.
1: Yeah. I think the, uh, abruptness might be something that they feel is jarring or, or unexpected. And so if you've given some kind of a, some kind of a signal ahead of time, you know whether it's by saying yeah i'm not comfortable sleeping over or i have insomnia or whatever the case may be if you if the person is expecting it and you feel like the person is expecting you to leave after then you know then that's their decision to make right if they say i'm not comfortable hooking up and then having the person not spend the night then you've given them the information that they need to make their own decision
0: Right. And again, you won't feel like, oh gosh, am I acting like the guy who just got what he wanted and is now like, get out of here. Um, which again, I the literator doesn't explicitly say is a concern, but it seems like part of their fear about like the worry, worried about appearing rude or like they're offering somebody else a line is the sort of specter of like, you know, we just had sex and now I'm totally um, emotionally closed off and like indifferent
1: and rude. Um, yeah, they okay. say to them it feels like a rejection referring to... The uh, the people that they are first or second date guys, yeah.
0: Um, And then again, I think like if you do that earlier on, and again, you don't you know don't do it the second you get to the date. Like obviously, like (laughs) find a good moment. Hello, nice to meet you. I will not be spending the night. Right, right. That's a little too soon. Um, But if you do bring it up earlier, then I think you won't feel also like you have to leave the second you're done having sex. Because I I agree that that's probably not ideal either unless it's like very specifically a no strings attached hookup which it doesn't sound like any of these are um to you know to you know in the in the the words of uh harry from when harry met sally somewhere between you know 20 minutes and all night that's your problem referring to the question of like how long do you stay in bed and talk or cuddle after um you know if you have it sort of like established in advance that you're not going to be spending the night you can Bask a little, hang out in the afterglow, talk for a while. If you're into cuddling, you can cuddle. Um, if you're not into cuddling, you don't have to. But so it's not just like immediately you're pulling on your shoes. Because I think a lot of people appreciate then that 15, 20 minutes of like, I still think of you as a person who is interesting and worth getting to know or talking to.
1: Yeah, you know, this This just brings up a um, another theme that I have identified with these three letters is people worrying that by expressing their comfort levels and boundaries that people will, that others will be upset about it or view you negatively. And again, I, I really read this as if there is indeed this, um, this negative reaction, then it's more from the unexpectedness than it is from the leaving itself. And so, again, I think you do. You would do these people a kindness just by saying, this is my comfort level in whatever way that feels right to express for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, while I have you here, I'm not going to do a lightning round today, but I had a bit of a back and forth with a uh, listener earlier today, and I would love to get some of your thoughts because they were asking for like a an on-the-books ruling on a particular approach to Ooh, okay. dating, and I would love uh, to to have a buddy going in on this.
1: Sounds good.
0: Okay. I'll read. If that's okay with you, then I'll read the letter, and then um, you can let me know if you have any immediate thoughts, and then I can uh, read the follow-up questions that I had for this listener. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Can you explain why ghosting is so bad? My friends and I look at ghosting as a legitimate form of communication. I ghost people, and it's a very active decision for me. I've also been ghosted. I know it doesn't feel great, but not responding to a person gets the same thing across as a text saying something like, sorry, not sorry. Is it just because we feel bad when people don't respond? I feel the same way when they tell me they don't want to talk to me again. So why is ghosting so much worse? Um, That's the question. I don't know if you had any immediate reactions to it. I had an immediate follow-up question that I wanted to ask, but I would love to hear just uh, your first thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm imagining that your follow-up question might be something like, does ghosting mean fully no contact right away? You know, anyway, um, whatever the context, I, I think my reaction is just that it can it can cause people to spend an indefinite amount of time wondering, you know, did I do something wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Versus, um, you know, a more explicit severing of ties can at least say, okay, now I don't need to wonder about this anymore. Yeah. So my follow up, my immediate follow up question was
0: like, in what context? Like, are we talking about after a first date? Or is this potentially being expanded to include, you know, we've been dating for eight months and I'm kind of over it, but I don't want to have a fight.
1: Um, Right, right, right. That is very important clarification.
0: The one kind of uh, ghosting that I will cheerfully take a universal stand against, by the way, is um, professional ghosting. When you've gotten one or two rounds into the interview process— And then you never hear back, especially if they've said, we'll be in touch by the end of the week or something. And then it's Monday and you spent all weekend like vibrating with tension, but worrying that you were going to like spoil your chances of getting it if you emailed another follow up. I think that should be just off the books entirely. I I hate it so, so, so much. Um, It's It's the worst. Happened to me a handful of times in my life. And every time I was just like, truly a two sentence email of we're going in another direction or we're not calling you back in for another interview would be so much better than this.
1: And it's not that you don't have time. You just didn't want to.
0: Or, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure at some like larger companies, they are genuinely overwhelmed. But like create a program, automate those emails, like do yeah. something to take the workload off because people need, like if you have come in for an interview, you maybe like took the day off from your own job or you got a new interview outfit. You did a lot of stuff to prepare. Like you're invested and you need to know.
1: I'm with you 100% on that.
0: Yeah, I I, I did not expect this was going to be a... Co- this is one of those things that you can say like on Twitter that's like, call me, you know, an outlier. But I think HR departments should inform people when they don't get a third interview. And Everyone's <laughs> like, you're so brave. And it's like, well... That's a hot take. I hope you got all the, you know, uh, uh, attention and and praise you wanted. So anyways, (laughs) back to the question at hand. So I I just asked as as a follow-up, you know, do you mean ghosting after a first date, after a few dates? Do you mean ghosting a friend that you're cross with or a long-term partner? Um, And they responded saying, well, the sentences below are messy. Beware, which I appreciated. My personal ghosting rule unless there's some legal, financial, or paperwork-related reason that requires a this relationship is overstatement slash process ghosting is a valid choice. However, it seems like ghosting, as a valid option for ending a relationship, stops being such the longer-slash-deeper it was. But some specific context includes a possible romantic partner after a few dates, friend of a number of years, partner that you've introduced to your family. No idea if that was helpful, but to be honest, I had fun writing it. So, thank you. Those to me feel like three uh, very different situations. drastically
1: different situations, yeah. Yeah. Um I just I just have so many questions about these hypotheticals.
0: Yeah, I I think you know the the word valid came up in the follow-up conversation. I think the word legitimate came up in the original letter. And so part of the sense that I was getting was like, I want a technical ruling on whether or not this is allowed. And I, I guess I just want to make a distinction between you you can ghost someone in all of these situations and you're not going to get like a subpoena or <laughs> hauled up before a court of your friends and told that you're bad, but you may cause a great deal of unnecessary distress that you could have avoided with even a very brief note or text um, that would still, I think, require relatively little energy or work from you. Um, and so I think the situations in which I think ghosting, um, whether or not you want to use that term, can be useful are Like the goal should be, I think, to minimize unnecessary like pain and conflict. And so if we're talking about a single date that lasted two hours and you just weren't feeling it and you didn't know each other beforehand, you don't have a lot of mutual friends, there's not any reason to think you're going to run into each other a lot. I think simply not following up is fine. Um, Mm -hmm. There are, I know, plenty of people who won't like it and who will be hurt and I'm I'm okay with that fact that like there's no one approach that everyone's gonna like. But I would say, yeah, if someone told me that, I would say that seems like a pretty reasonable course of action. I think I would rather not hear back from someone than like, by the way, you know, there's not gonna be a second date. I think that would feel a little like, oh well now I feel like you're assuming that I was, you know, waiting up all night thinking about you. And that makes me feel a little a little hurt.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm with you. I'm with you there. I think the um the way that I think about ghosting is that you're really prioritizing you not wanting to have a difficult conversation over the other person, you know, um, being left to feel uncomfortable and hurt and rejected and wondering what happened, you know, why this person decided not to decided to stop responding to you um, for a long time. And so, yeah, as you say, the the unnecessary pain and suffering after a first date. Like that person's going to be okay, but you know, there is a there is a point between a first date and uh, t- ten years and two kids that um, th- that it becomes unacceptable. Just in terms of like, you know, I don't necessarily know that I want to say you you owe it to somebody, but I think I think I think there is a certain level of invested in it investment in a relationship where you owe them at least to say, hey, um, you can stop wondering about this.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to not do too much of the language of owing because then I think, uh, you know, what I what I felt a little bit uh, in, in these emails was a little bit of a resistance to the idea of like, well, I don't owe these people like mm-hmm. thus and such thing. And I, I, I can appreciate that sense of, no, you are not like a monster uh, if you don't, Give everyone like a thorough substantive conversation about something that has been, I don't know, bothering you for a long time, but it, it might sometimes actually be the more, uh, exhausting move to ghost, um, whether that means that you then feel kind of like uncomfortable and furtive and a little guilty every time that person's name pops up or if you have a lot of mutual friends and people start asking what's going on, you might have created more open-ended work for yourself down the line. So I I think there's also a question sometimes of is ghosting as easy as it seems? Because sometimes it seems like, well, I didn't have to say anything. Easy peasy. But if it results in a lot of weird unexpected follow-up conversations down the line with that person or other people, then it was not, in fact, the easiest option. You might have actually saved yourself a lot of time and energy if you had had a five-minute phone call or a brief text.
1: Yeah, it does actually take effort to ignore people's texts, <laughs> despite what it may seem. Um, it does. I I, uh, I, I believe that. Um, and so, yeah, that is true. You're, you're creating a lot of open-ended work for yourself as well.
0: Yeah. So, you know, in terms of possible romantic partner after a few dates, um, I guess my ruling there is two or three dates okay. Four or five dates or more than that, I, I really just think send a text. A- again, I'm not even asking that you do the whole phone call thing, like just send a text, say, I've been having a really nice time. I you know, I don't want to go out again, but thanks for your time. And I get that that like fake script. I just uh, mentioned sounds really weird and hre, and I, I realize it doesn't sound great. There's not a lot of really fun, fluid ways to say to someone, "I don't want to go out again." You know, if you if you want to find a nicer spin on it, you're welcome to spend some time looking for that. But I, I really just think that will save the other person, you know, possibly a few days of wondering, like, "Wait, did my last text go through? Did I say something rude in our last conversation?" It seemed like things were going well before. You don't have to have a fight about it. You don't have to like listen to them argue why you shouldn't. You you can just say, you know, this is it for me.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's not because as I said earlier, you you owe them that just because it's uh, you know, a a nice compassionate thing that is nice to do for somebody you share part of your life with.
0: Yeah, and and just it's it's the sort of standard low to medium stakes conflict that often makes up life. Um, so, you know, I, I don't even think like validity is really like the operating framework here that's especially important so much as just, it's clear. It's clear. It makes your desires clear. Whereas ghosting can sometimes make your desires confusing. Um, so it removes unnecessary ambiguity that could potentially complicate your future. Um, and so if, if you know, if the stuff about like, care or or you know consideration of their feelings doesn't really appeal in that moment maybe that one will you know friends of a number of years i guess it would depend on the context it would depend to me like whatever the issue is have you had conversations with them about it before and it's gone badly or like you've said i really want this to change and then it didn't um do they have a habit of you know chewing your ear off for hours on end and you're just afraid that if you say this you won't be able to get a word in edgewise i can appreciate that there's not you know, for, for all that there's not a good script for breaking up with someone after a few dates, there's, there's definitely not a script for ending a friendship that I'm aware of. That's like, it sounds really weird and formal and hostile to say like, I no longer wish to be your friend. I get why you don't (laughs) want to do that.
1: Notice of termination of friendship. Um,
0: again, I do also think if it's a number of years, unless the context is like, this person's just an asshole and you've realized like, I actually don't have any interest in like, making this person's life any clearer um i would probably encourage someone to at least consider having a brief conversation even if again it's a little awkward um you know a partner that you've introduced to your family again i guess like to like You know, I always want to do the abuse caveat of like, if your partner's been abusive, like don't, you don't have to do anything. Just go, just do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. And,
1: you know, if if you have any genuine fear of the response to this conversation, then yeah, you don't have to have it. Mm -hmm. But
0: um, if it's just like, I want to break up with my partner and I'm afraid of dealing with the fact that this will upset them. And if I see them being upset, I'm afraid I won't be able to go through with it. Like if that's a factor, I think then there are other ways to communicate what you want without necessarily signing up for an immediate two hour back and forth where you argue about whether or not you're allowed to break up. Um so if if those are if that if that's ever been a factor, you know, again, no one's you're never going to be able to break up with someone in such a way that they're like, thank you. That was a really good way to break up <laughs> that, with me. I feel respectful. I'm glad and you did this. Yeah. So yeah. if there's a part of you that's just like, until I can find that method, it's ghosting forever. Um, you know, when you plan your breakup with someone bear in mind that it is unlikely to end with them like crying a single tear and saying, thank you, I've learned so much. Um, (laughs) So just, you know, figure out what's the quickest way to say it. And then, you know, there's not going to be an easy and intuitive way to end the conversation where they're going to give me an obvious out. So I'm just going to have to take it and say, I realize that this sucks and I'm sorry that you're in pain, but that's my decision and I'm hanging up now or and I'm going to go
1: and then you go. Yeah, so oh. I have nothing to add.
0: Yeah, sorry. I guess that, that then my answer for the specific context was okay, followed by kind of, but only if you don't have any other option, and then probably not unless situations the situation is like quite dire. So, yeah, I say all that with the awareness that this letter writer is free to ghost people for as long as they want, as often as they want, and that I am not yeah. the boss of their ghosting.
1: It's like you said, nobody. They're not going to be. Thrown in jail if they ghost someone, but um, you know it's not about whether they can; it's about whether they should, or it's kind or nice or um, productive. Too. Yeah,
0: but we, you know, we don't always do the most nice thing at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you can live with the fact that you know you have possibly created additional, possibly unnecessary like distress or pain on somebody else's part, and you're just like, "Yep, that I can own that. I'm okay with that." If we run into each other it'll be uncomfortable and I can live with it, then, you know, then that's your, I guess, ghosting comfort limit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the the only question for you.
0: That's it. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music, don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with a guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form. Or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.